0: Don't be surprised by the voice, it's not Bruce, it's not Michael. I've stolen the keys to the Codcast. So today it's Evan Horowitz uh, from the Center for State Policy Analysis, and I'm joined by Aaron O'Brien, a professor of political science at UMass Boston, one of the keenest observers of Massachusetts politics. Aaron, it's fantastic to have you here for my first podcast recording.
1: I gotta be honest, I feel special. You are <laughs> Thank special. You.
0: I wouldn't ha- I wouldn't have asked you to come if you weren't special. Thank well, why would I consider such a is, this thing? This is
1: great. And there's keys. Who knew to the podcast?
0: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they're secret. Don't Love tell it. anybody. So usually, you know, when I have people on, it's sort of like, let's talk about this crazy thing that's happening. And we could do that. Like, was mm-hmm. the end of the session, it was crazy. But actually, not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about a crazy thing that isn't happening, um, which is to say the race for governor of Massachusetts, which usually would be a thing we were talking about a lot. And instead, is a thing that, you know, it's August. And we, like, pretty much know who's going to be governor. I I feel bad even saying it. Like, mm-hmm. so maybe I'll ask you that. Like, how should we even refer to the attorney generals? Like, presumptive governor? Possible? Like, how, how in your head, how do you do it?
1: Uh, you know, it helps that a uh, head by 30 in the polls against a, uh, in all likelihood, a Massachusetts uh, GOP that is unelectable in Massachusetts. So I, I don't... Uh, you're calling the facts when you say it feels like a foregone conclusion. You're not putting your thumb on the scale. Well, it's
0: hard because, like, as a former journalist, exactly. I, I don't want to say this and I'm not <laughs> supposed to say this, but, you know, it feels disingenuous not to just say. Like, as
1: empiricist, she, yes. she, barring something wild, 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 she is going to be the governor.
0: Yeah. And that's, like, it's, it's not how it's supposed to look in August. I mean, like, uh, four years ago, we had, I guess, Jake Gonzalez in a semi-competitive race with Bob Massey and Sandy mm-hmm. Warren and... Eight years ago, we had like a ton of people like Martha Coakley and Steve Grossman and Don. Like, usually the Democratic primary is crowded and heated and not this. Oh, does it strike? It strikes me as strange. Does it strike you as strange?
1: I'm from Ohio, and I think some of this is Massachusetts. Like, Massachusetts doesn't matter in the presidential contest. Yes, they count up our electoral votes, and yes, they come to us for money, but we don't get courted. So uh, Well because they know
0: who we're gonna dance with.
1: Exactly. And so I like when I think of this from a comparative angle, I think Massachusetts is so we like having these competitive governor races because we don't we don't get to do this. This is our race. Right. Like like, if we
0: lose this, we lose everything. We
1: know what's gonna happen in the Senate. This is why you know Marky Kennedy people got excited about because we have so many foregone conclusions that it, it, it feels like a race. It feels like, air quote, real politics. So we don't think it's that strange, but I think those of us, self-included, who care about politics and are interested do feel something missing this summer. Like, you know, the Labor Day deadline is no Labor Day deadline because we know who's um, in all likelihood going to win, and we feel comfortable saying it. Yeah, I. so that's
0: the primary thing and uh-huh. the general thing. Like, we could skip yep. ahead. But so part of it is just the horse race, as you, as you lay it out. Like, it would be great to have something a competitive race to talk about because we want to talk about it because we don't get to talk about presidential Mm -hmm. but but there's more to it than that right it's not just the horse race like campaigns matter they matter for candidates they matter for constituents they matter for for voters they matter for the future of the commonwealth so part of it also is like what do we lose you know policy-wise or you know Mm -hmm. from the fact that this isn't happening so like let's just like kind of go through it I, i just like want your thoughts on this um because you can say, like, actually, you think we lose that, but it doesn't really matter. Or, like, no, this is really a big deal. Like, okay, the first one is sort of trial-by-fire stuff. You know, uh, campaigns expose things about candidates. And without a campaign, you don't expose things about candidates. I mean, the, the one I have in my head is, like, mm-hmm. uh, Robot Marco Rubio. Like... You know, these moments. Is that a real thing? Are we really missing out on that? Or is that not a real Uh, thing we shouldn't worry about?
1: It is. It's both, which is the worst answer ever. But, like, it's both in that, on the one hand, we can – if we look at partisanship in a district, in a state – that usually we can predict outcomes in the campaign, air quotes, doesn't matter. But does it matter for these soft but important things like democracy, competitive elections, transparency? Yes, it, it does matter. And I think you're right. To, to kick the tires is important, to ask tough questions. That comes up when you've got uh, individuals of your own party doing op research um, and pointing out policy differences that matters. Voters should be exposed to that. And I think it matters particularly for this race or the, the concern can be there twofold uh, in this particular race because it looks like more Haley where, well it is more Haley. Um, and Jeff Deal doesn't want to debate. And so that's problematic. I have real concern of candidates not wanting to debate. And because uh, the media is biased, air quotes, all those things. I have real concerns about that. Because what?
0: Because, like, what what do you miss out if there's no debate?
1: Well, you miss transparency. You miss voter. And yes, a lot of the debates are bad, okay? But they don't have to be that way. And you miss that exposure. You miss hearing Jeff Deal talk as a Trump Republican, um, saying really, you know, uh, anti immigrant stuff, you know, anti driver's license, and all those things. You miss that exposure. And even though not everyone hears it, a lot of people do. And so I think the question is, how can we have this governor's race and still ask those tough questions that actually get answered? And I have concerns that's not happening.
0: All right. So, I mean, you could imagine another forum where these questions do get mm-hmm. asked,
1: but, like, that's not happening either. So it's not just like a lack
0: right. of – it could be a very competitive race, um, but candidates refuse to debate. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not the situation. Right. There's no debate also not – tough questioning. Is there like is there, is there a question you have in your head? Like, wow, well, th- here's the thing that we really need to know that we're not going to find out.
1: I mean, as an empiricist, as someone who cares about um, small-D democracy surviving, I have uh, concerns about a Jeff deal coming in and forwarding um, the mass uh, GOP. Now, it's a long-term plan. He knows he's not going to win. He certainly didn't win against Elizabeth Warren. So I think the more exposure of the mass GOP going that way is important. Um, that said... Uh, uh, Moore Healey is well known to residents of Massachusetts. Those tires have been kicked. <laughs> uh, so you, you feel that way? Yeah, I, mean, I do. She's well
0: known as candidate for attorney general, and mm-hmm. then as attorney general. Um, is that's the same as being well known as candidate well, for governor, presumptive governor, future governor,
1: or? No? It's not exactly the same, but uh, you know, it, it's somebody most voters know. She's not a total outsider. She has been vigilant against the Trump administration. You know, um, when she ran, she ran as an outsider to begin with against Tolman, remember, way back. Yeah. Um, and she did get tough questions from Sonia Chang-Diaz, even though Sonia Chang-Diaz had to, you know, drop out, sort of drop out. You know what I'm telling you. It, But Sonia Chang-Diaz pushed Maura Healy on progressive policy. Um, and we've seen a lot of that—a uh, more uh, a good liberal versus a progressive in Massachusetts. That particular frame didn't win in this race, and I think the fact that Maureen Healy has been able to so consolidate support says something about the strength of her candidacy, and perhaps that people like her policy, or they at least like her because they know she's been a fighter.
0: So, in that sense, I mean, it's interesting. I hadn't thought about <laughs> it this way. You're suggesting like. The, the lack of a campaign, right, or the lack of a contest is actually just a testament to her strength as a candidate. Yeah. Like, it, it shows actually we, we don't have that many questions. And if we really had yeah. questions, there would be a competitive <laughs> right, exactly. race. Exactly. Somebody and, would get a, in there and yeah, win. There isn't a competitive race because we don't have questions because people do know her and that, that's yep. interesting. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. You're yeah. Stand are by you Are you buying that? it? No, no, I got something. So now you that I've laid it out that eyes, way.
0: People. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've laid it out that way, are you stand by
1: that? I do, or did it just come out of your mouth and now you? No, running? I have notes and I wrote it down, so I stand by it. Um, and, well, I always think of the counterfactual, which is true, but I also think, like, what are we wanting for? Like, most of us find the national politic deeply problematic, deeply polarizing, not factual based. Right? Um, or, or do we want one of those races? Like, are, are, are we are we dying for a governor's race? Um, maybe the I, and maybe the lack of a race speaks to the strength of our candidacy and then not the same taste in Massachusetts for a national politic that most of us think is um problematic turns us off and makes us worry about the future of this country so
0: I kind of love this because what you're suggesting <laughs> is like you know my desire for uh, a kind of uh, trial by fire here uh-huh. uh, is' like totally misguided um because your words you, what, <laughs> fair enough um because. Like, it's a reflection of, well, what it would look like is what you see in campaigns all over the country, and those don't look great, right? If you look somewhere else for where there are competitive campaigns, it's not like you're saying, well, this is bringing out the best in candidates, Mm -hmm. the best in people, Uh, citizens are learning a lot. Like, what exactly
1: am I pining for? What's the the exemplar here for what I'm pining for in a a competitive... And 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 the lesson then isn't we don't need competitive elections. The lesson is that this is really anomalistic that we're talking about, because... um, The concern of someone coming in who's never been vetted and just walking into office is concerning. I just don't think that's what's happening here in Massachusetts. And the GOP nominee is not electable. We've seen him run statewide against Elizabeth Warren. He's trying to build a Trump GOP long term. That's part of his long term game. But he's not electable. So yeah, in some ways, I think this unique case that we don't want to overgeneralize from is good news for Massachusetts. All right. Well, just, I'm not done. trying Okay. To this argument. All right. Like, you know, you <laughs> haven't won me over completely. So like, let, me, that, let me make another point. I'll
0: try I'll to try, I'll come at nuanced. this another way. It's nuanced. All right. <laughs> what about like honing policy stuff, mm-hmm. right? If there were a debate, if there were a campaign, then there would be people saying, well, your healthcare policy – I'm making this up. Yeah. Your healthcare policy is garbage. It's lacking this. Your environmental policy is misguided. It benefits the wrong people. Your tax policy – and you know, it's not that the the Healy campaign lacks these policies. You can go to the website, you can look at some of these policies, but there's nobody saying like this, this policy is inadequate or nope. exaggerated, or whatever it is. That we're missing that. Would not it be good to get isn't it important to get that? Don't we need to know that?
1: Yes, and that there were debates. Like Sonya Chang I know more healy didn't do as many as Chang Diaz wanted to do, but there were some debates that were pretty spicy uh um between them that pushed on that, that difference between Truly, air quotes, good liberal versus progressive. Some of that happened, and the Democratic base responded with, we want more Healy." Um, Well,
0: that that seems right, but also it was, like, really early. Like, the number of people tuned
1: into a debate. So you want a campaign on your timeline. On the full (laughs) timeline. On the full timeline. I want the full timeline. I want a campaign that goes through – okay.
0: The thing, I guess, the thing I I would worry about is Mm -hmm. um, we get to January – and then people start asking, oh, yeah, what is what is the first bill you're going to file? What is the right. actual top priority? And, you know, and at that point, um, Healy and her team say, oh, we'll figure it out right now. Right. But, th- but, but when you get to January, when you're sworn in, it's emergency crisis appointment, emergency crisis right. appointment. It's not, oh, let's take a step back and figure it now. So I guess that's where I'm, I'm – mm-hmm. I guess if I'm worried about something or if what I want from this campaign is – Let's solve some of those questions in advance. Let's figure out exactly what's going to happen. Let's hone some policies now so sure. that when we start, they're ready. Those are arrows in the quiver. Uh, my yeah, metaphor, they you know,
1: But I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but I think the point is that's what you want as a good political analyst, a, a journalist, a former journalist in your life. And you're, you're a data guy. You're analytic. Most people don't watch politics. Most voters – on January 1, even if she was totally vetted in all those debates and all that things that happened, they still wouldn't know what she was going to do on January whatever. Um, so I, I think I think part of our critique here is what do voters want? They're, they're satisfied. <laughs> the polls suggest it. They didn't get excited, too excited about the other um, Democratic candidates. And they've coalesced around more hilly. And what do we want as um, full-time observers of politics? I I think your concerns are merited. I just don't – I think they're they're merited in most cases. I just don't necessarily share them in this very unique way. And it one. sounds like you're saying two things.
0: Um, not just like vo- voters are satisfied. That's why there isn't a big mm-hmm. – uh, can't a big fight over this because – but also you think voters will be satisfied. It's not like we'll get to some point and voters will wake up and say, oh, no, what have we stumbled into here? Right. No.
1: I think voters are satisfied by a known candidate. Again, if somebody walks in, you know, you know the, the, the framers' concerns, you know, some dark horse unknown gets the populace really excited and could hoodwink them. You know, I mean, that's Totally why we theoretical. Have that, right. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even doing <laughs> that on purpose. But you know, that, yes. that sort of thing, it was a real framers' concern. And to your point, yes, <laughs> they weren't wrong. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Maura Healy is that particular person. Because so much of what she's done as AG is well-known. She ran as an outsider um, the first time. She has a national profile. I mean, journalists have looked into Maura Healy um, in great depth. So th- that's why I'm not as concerned about this one. But to be honest, I mean, I miss it. I, too, like the fireworks. I like all that stuff. But I'm just not as concerned long-term about this one. I'll give you one last
0: okay. uh, one last attempt here. Um, and this didn't occur to me. I, I had it. A fascinating conversation with someone about this this morning and they said to me you know it really would have been satisfying to fight for the first female governor of the state uh, elected mm-hmm. female governor and mm-hmm. to have her walk in it's sort of it's like bonkers we thought we were gonna fight for this
1: I love you know, it. It was gonna be
0: the end of a movement and instead it's just
1: the door's wide open You know, um, uh, I'm doing a shameless plug. I gave you a copy of my book when I came in, and one of the chapters is on women in politics in Massachusetts. We are so middle of the pack. We're worst in New England. I don't care how she gets in, like let her. I think it's awesome that it's not that. Well, I think that's one way to take it. Like amazing, we
0: don't have to fight to get over the finish line. But like. (laughs) I didn't
1: expect that. Because when we, we to, have to fight step. on the national stage, we don't win <laughs> you know, that's the, 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 the top spot. So I'm not against that. But I do think there is one concern that I have, and that is, you know, a top of the ticket race, right? There's obviously no presidential contest right now. And so when the top of the ticket is, you know, a, a gubernatorial race that's very exciting, et cetera, that gets people to turn out in September and November for these down ballot races. We have really contested lieutenant governor race and AG race that's exciting and things like that. And so I think. Some ballot questions? Yes. Uh, the, and so not having a deeply contested governor's race is problematic for down ballot races in turnout.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I thought you were going to go the other way and say it creates room for people to think about these other races, right? Like there's a, you don't think there's a crowding out effect where, you know, you'd be focused on the governor's race if there were a really competitive governor's sure. race, but instead, why you'd want to, but you could really focus <laughs> on the lieutenant governor's race right. where all where the stakes are super high. Right.
1: And uh, sorry, right, enough no. of me
0: making fun of the no. stakes governor.
1: Well, uh, but say, I, I think it's, and I'm making up this number, but um, do you want 50% turnout who haven't paid attention to the lieutenant governor and AG, or do you want 24% turnout who really has? Right. And I think we're going to be in a, a contest with incredibly low turnout. And maybe they more, are more informed about the lieutenant governor's race and the AG's race. But the cost is not having more turnout. Some and, kind of democratic
0: legitimacy. Yes. How many people are showing up? What do they care about? And and so, this is do true. you
1: value an informed but small electorate or uh, a bigger, less knowledgeable electorate? And I, good arguments can be made on both sides, like you said, legitimacy. But you know, it's the reason we, you know, uh, the popular kid wins in high school. Yes. <laughs> well, the ballot questions the, in mm-hmm. general,
0: like the theory behind ballot questions, is that you're polling citizens, you're polling yep. voters to see if they believe in it. It's not like you're polling some small subset of dorky politics obsessed voters, Correct. which may be what we end up doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love dorky politics, obsessed voters as, like, one of them myself. But <laughs> I was like, mirror? <laughs> it doesn't mean I want them deciding all the, you know, right. ballot questions.
1: There is something about, yeah, I mean, that's a whole debate, as you well know. But, you know, um, it, you kick it to the populace usually when, uh, you know, the state house hasn't done anything. I'm thinking of, like, that nurse's. Um, uh, the staffing.
0: Yeah, the oh, you know. question from. And then, from
1: oh, years. it's problematic. They don't know as much. Well, the well, the legislature will take it up. No, if, have they? Answer: No. So, um, yeah, those ballot questions. But I think there's real issues with ballot issues anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, that aren't as independent driven.
0: of this question of whether we have a governor's campaign. Right. Our, or
1: our or next not. session. Yeah. Um, All okay. right. Well, we will. <laughs> we'll come. We'll talk about. But
0: there's plenty of time to talk about ballot questions. And since we won't have another one covering the governor's campaign because there isn't one, we'll <laughs> right. have even more opportunity to do this. Right. Okay, I'll keep going here. I'm never done. The other thing that I want to get answered that is just not going to get answered, I think, um, mm-hmm. through this campaign is what happens to the, what happens to Baker Democrats? Okay. So I'll back up. And so we have had a Republican governor for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a Republican governor who was, uh, beloved is too strong, but supported by lots and lots of Democratic voters. There's mm-hmm. a huge constituency of Democratic Baker supporters. Yep. In this state, and one of the big open questions seems to me you disagree. Uh, you may disagree. Um, for the future of the state is like what happens to those voters. Yep. Where, where do they go? Um, and I thought like we would get some insight into that through this year's governor's race. Seems like maybe not. Well, or you I think, think there's an answer.
1: Yeah. But they're they're not going to vote for Jeff Deal. Right. So yes. <laughs> like, I mean, I think I think this yeah. is
0: right. The, the odds that they break right mm-hmm. and end up. Uh, voting for, you know, the current mm-hmm. Massachusetts Republican candidate right. party seems really low. Um, I think that the open question is like, is there a center?
1: Right. But I think that's a product of what the mass GOP is doing. I don't think that's a product of um, whether or not we've got a really heated gubernatorial race. I mean, the two are related, obviously. But the, that the mass GOP had, you know, first or third, depending on the day of the week, uh, most popular governor um, uh, in, in the U.S., and was a major factor in why he decided not to run because of their shift rightward. That is a huge, important story, and I, I think it matters quite a bit. Like the the New England Republican, um, that the Welds, the the Bakers, you know, like— I you thought know. you were going
0: to go way back. Like Rockefellers, but, uh, no. not New England, but— <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. okay.
1: But you know, that, that is, you know, that's a constituency a lot of people think ugh, it would be healthy for the polity if there were more of them. Um, And so the the Baker Democrats, you know, who vote for Elizabeth Warren and vote for Charlie Baker. That's not a bad thing. No, not at all. Not being remotely facetious. That's a sign of a healthy polity in Massachusetts. I think that's a really good sign. But I think it's the mass GOP that is disrupting that now by going the Trump way, not the the problem of uh, a not very competitive race. Their willingness to go... The, the Baker Democrats are willing to go to a place that neither the Democrats or um, the GOP is offering them. They don't have that choice anymore. And that's the story about the Republican Party. And
0: you, So I thought there was at least some chance that they would have that choice this time, that somebody would come. Listen, if I knew a name, I would have been right. talking to that person and recommending it because uh-huh. I think there's a huge lane for it. Um, but somebody would come in and say, I, I'm... I stand for Baker Democrats, and I'm going to run as an independent, mm-hmm. or I'm going to run the Democratic Party. I don't know where exactly I'm going to run.
1: And I, I think that person could win in the in the general. That person, How but they, they, the they could not get out of the Massachusetts What? What's nine percent of the electorate is registered uh, as a Republican here? Yes, you can pull the ballot, that kind of stuff. But um, uh, that's. That's the concern here. I think, uh, listen, it's a horrific idea to run to uh, for office as an independent. Never work. Stop. Don't do it. That said, hypothetical that we can never actually measure, Charlie Baker is the kind of guy who could have done it. Ironically, not get out of his own um, primary and then win against Amora Healy. where that's where I think some of the sexism and maybe homophobia, but more the sexism, I think, of Massachusetts politics, why we've been so, so slow to elect women, that I think that stew would have happened. And I think he could have won as an independent. We'll never know. Exactly. It was so a great hypothesis. Yes. Um, but, and we'll, but,
0: yeah. but,
1: but it could have happened because of your point, you know, 70, 70, 80% approval, a lot of Baker Democrats. And this is a guy who ran and lost the first time. Um, and so, yeah, they have nowhere to go.
0: Yeah. And that would have been that would have been an interesting. Government. That would be the place to end it. Oh my I'm god, I would that. have loved as the it. The hypothetical
1: <laughs> podcast hypotheticals:
0: the Baker Healy <laughs> Baker as an independent
1: Baker Healy deal Healy deal. Yeah, yeah, a- as a- the GOP num.
0: All right, Yeah. so we're gonna end there. Think on that. <laughs> Chew on that, because we could be talking about that the entire summer and fall, and we're not. Um, and that's what we're talking about today with Aaron <laughs> O'Brien, who's a professor of political science at UMass Boston, though who's on sabbatical, so uh,
1: congratulations on that. Thank you. It's been
0: a real pleasure to talk. Uh, I do want to throw in one um, uh, sponsor, uh, today's podcast, uh, brought to you by Boston Cream Cheese. Uh, Boston Cream Cheese, because who made Philadelphia the frickin' home of cream cheese?
1: (laughs) That I don't know.
0: Couldn't help myself. Big topic. (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
1: Thank you for having me. Oh, it's
0: been fantastic Mm -hmm. to have you and to steal the podcast for a week. Um, Maybe future podcasts with me as well. We shall see. Uh, Enjoy yourselves. Think on the Baker Healy
1: deal race.